but I'd like to kind of continue, if I could, with just a little bit of understanding. I, I believe that, the, that something terrible happened. Which one do I have on here? Something terrible happened uh, way back in the very beginning of the church where the devil was able to make Jesus a religious leader. And I think, I, th- I think it worked. I think God used it for a while. I think it was very important through the, the difficulties of the thousands of years that have gone by since then that, that there was this religious group of people. God bless the Catholics. God bless the great work that they did for thousands of years to protect Christianity, to protect the word of God, and to teach me that God is real and the Bible is true. I mean, heck, I got, I've got a major leg up in my life just because I learned that, and I learned it there. And so I bless all of that, but I really believe that, that uh, God is trying to reform the understanding of uh, who Jesus really was. You know, you, don't, you can only go to Matthew chapter 23, one, just read one page, and you know Jesus was not a religious leader. Matter of fact, he had lots of not good things to say about religious leaders. But I think the devil was able to paint Jesus as a religious leader when he really wasn't a religious leader. It was just, it made him seem like he was like a Muhammad or a Buddha or a Confucius or one of these guys that just decided that they were going to start a religion one day or that the power of religion, the power over eternity uh, was a very powerful tool in the ability to um, control the masses of people. And so Jesus was very concerned about that because God doesn't want people to be controlled. He wants people to be, have a free will. He wants people to be able to choose their own path and destiny. And so Jesus was very critical of that. But then what we did is we sort of, then we decided that we should paint Jesus as a religious leader. And now we're in a heck of a crisis in our world today because uh, the the mask of religion has kind of been uh, removed. And our world, particularly the young people that are coming up, you know, the people who are going to own everything in a few years, hate to tell you, are the young people that you're sitting around right now. The, the world has been able to unmask religion to them. Uh, and so uh, they're not saying Jesus is a bad guy. They like Jesus. What they don't like is the Jesus is a religious leader part. And so I think Jesus was awesome. Like I think, you know, Muhammad was awesome. You know, he's a good guy, whatever, I guess. Good enough. And these, all these guys are good people. And uh, that, leave it at that. Because I don't want to be a religious person. And so why would I follow somebody who's going to teach me how to be a religious person? Do you understand the problem that we've run into in our culture? And so what we have to do is we have to help people. This is a significant uh, mandate uh, from God to rediscover who Jesus is. When he was here, what was he like? Was he a religious leader? Did he part his hair on the side and kind of do a comb over across the front, look like a good altar boy? What did he look like that? Was he sad? Was he kind of irrelevant? Was he kind of talking in language that was so spiritual that nobody could understand it? Was he, was he instructing people how to build churches and how to propagate and, 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 and assemble little churches all over? Did he, did he talk about any of those things? Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't talk about those things. I think there's a good thing that happens once the revival happens and there's so many people standing out in the middle of a field, somebody ought to come up with the idea like, let's do something to keep the rain off our head. I think that's not a bad idea, but I don't think that's what it was about. And Jesus never did it. And so let's take a look, like if we were there, if we were one of those people, you know, as, as I was meditating this week on what we were going to talk about today, I'm standing there 
on the Mount of Olives as I am watching Jesus in his ascension. Could you imagine being there that day? I mean, Jesus just died like a couple months ago on the cross. I was there. I knew I could, I didn't go too close because somebody might know that I'm a Christian and put me up there too. So I kind of stayed back a little bit, but I it was real. This wasn't a Hollywood studio stage thing. This is really happening. And Romans is bad people. And so I knew, and then, I, and then, and then this comes, and I see him again after that. I'm thinking, oh, what do you mean I see him again? And then I met this ascension thing. You know, he started standing there and he kind of goes, okay, kids, and take it from here. And up Jesus floats, a human being. Yeah. I could touch him. This is, this is Thomas, maybe, who says, Lord, let me, let can, me I can I feel the, are you like real, Lord? And so I know he's real. And all of a sudden, I feel like I'm watching David Copperfield with some magic trick. Don't you get that feeling? These guys were not watching some magician do some little sleight of hand. And it's like, would I be thinking, oh boy, let's go start a religion. I don't think I would be doing it. I would be sitting there like they were. The angel had to come down to them and say, yo, 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 wake up, wake up, wake up. We'd all be going like this. We've never seen anything. I mean, you might see CGI stuff done like that nowadays. To see a human fly is like, no big deal, whatever. It happens all the time. Because you watch it in the movies. But in that day, it was like. And then he was gone. You could see the crowd. Couldn't you see that? I could see myself doing that. Because. What he was doing, he was showing us that this is like extraordinary. Like, wouldn't it blow your mind? Wouldn't your concept of the world around you have been radically changed by experiencing like the disciples did, walking around with this guy? You know, we think, you know, if I could be Tony Stark, that'd be so cool, wouldn't it? If I would be Superman, you know, able to leap tall buildings, if I could do those things, or if I could hang out with him in real life, like, what would that be like? Wouldn't that change your, like, if somebody came and all of a sudden there was a big explosion, we know there was this big rock in the middle of the parking lot, kind of zoomed in from some other planet, and Superman got out of it and goes, you know, <laughs> bends steel with his bare hands and leaps over top of buildings, and like, what, would, would it, what would it do to your life? Would it not change? Yeah your understanding of the world around you? I think that's what we have to do. I think we have to revisit hanging out with Jesus, rediscover what would have been, what would have, would have been like to be one of these disciples who watched him. If you read your Bible this way, I encourage you to go back to the beginning of Matthew and reread it again and be in the story I love the story, you know, the story when he walked into the city of Maim or however you say that. And, you know, Jesus is just hanging out with his boys and all of a sudden he sees a funeral down there, like coming up the thing and mom's wailing and their aunts and uncles are all distraught, young boy is dead. And Jesus goes, give me two secs, right? A latte, a quad shot, extra hot, low foam. I'll be right back. And he just goes over to that person and he lays hands on that little boy inside of that and he comes back. <laughs> It's not a movie, folks. These people are watching this happen 
as they're walking. And it's just like, that's just a day. Jesus didn't even make a big deal about that. He just kept on going. And it was like things happening, people getting healed and, and lives being transformed. Just get near Jesus. He didn't have lines like we have in church these days. He just got near somebody and they got better. They were dying. They were lepers and they had pieces missing. And all of a sudden, they see the person looks, who, 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 who are you? And recognize that all their bits are back. All they got because they got close to Jesus. And you're thinking like, what is going on here? Wouldn't you have that thought? Like, am I in a movie or something? Is this a twilight zone or something? Because Jesus had these extraordinary superpowers. And he seemed to be able to do just about anything. I mean, they got tax problem. He goes fishing. They got to they feed a crowd of people. They just get a filet fish sandwich and do a yoop-de-doop-de over it. And away it goes. And there's like everybody is busy eating. It's like thousands of people. Jesus, you know, he missed the boat over to the madman's house. And what does Jesus do? He just says, okay, and starts walking across the river on top of the water. It wasn't even frozen. And these guys, these poor disciples, like they're going, what is going on? He was bending their understanding of reality and what it was. You know, they're nervous one day. The Jewish people, you know, they were kind of mad at Jesus. Jesus was a lot of trouble for them. And so they came up with this cool idea. They were going to get a crowd to build up around him when he was preaching near the edge of a cliff. And so then they started inciting the back people like a, like a Rolling Stones concert. They kind of had exciting everybody at the back of the crowd. And so everybody's pushing to the front of the crowd. And what's happening at the same time is Jesus is getting over and over and over until he's tippy-toe on the edge of the cliff about to fall off into oblivion. <laughs> the Bible says, and then he turned himself invisible and walked through the crowd. The poor disciples are going, Jesus, whoa, 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 whoa. Wouldn't that just blow your mind? Wouldn't that change your understanding of the world you live in if you saw that happening? That's who Jesus was. It was like that we, what we should be thinking about is that he was, in our modern vernacular, he acted like a superhero. He had superpowers. He was like a, the, the ultimate X-Men. What was that guy's name? had all these amazing superpowers all in one person. But can I tell you something? That wasn't what he came to be. He didn't come so that he was the only superhero. He came here to show us who all of us actually are. That in fact, we are an entire race of superheroes. You know, I, you know I, I've been trying over the last couple of years, like, so this New Testament person, like, I really want to define that person. I'm on a quest in my own personal life to find out, like, what is a New Testament? What does it feel like to be a real New Testament person? If a New Testament person isn't a religious person, now certainly you should start there. I don't, you know, do what you're told is actually a pretty good place to start. If you have children, that's where you should start. Yeah. Tell them to do what they're told. They'll learn some stuff by doing what they're told. But our objective for Olivia is not that she becomes a robot that just does what she's told or we lock her in the basement. That's not how this is going to work. 
We want Olivia to come up and be all the fullness of who God created her to be. And that's not necessarily going to be definable by all of us telling her what to do all the time. Although, we are going to start there. So the religion is not bad. It's not a bad place to start. But I was, you know, I met it this is back in the beginning. This is 30 years ago now. I said, God, what is, if, if, if that's not a New Testament person, that's not the fullness. What is the fullness? And I've been struggling, like, how should I see myself? Like, when I think about myself in the morning and I'm waking up and I'm going, okay, I've got all, all the challenges of my day. How do I think about myself? I'm a good person. Okay, that's okay, I suppose. You know, God is with me. I say, okay, God is with me. Yeah, okay. But how do I think about myself? You know what came to me a couple years ago? That when I think about myself, I meditate on the fact that I am a superhero. I know that sounds crazy to you. But the easiest way for me to really understand who I am, the nature of who I am as a human being, the real me that God created me to be, and you know, submitted to Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, transformed by the word of God, who is that person? Can I tell you something? That person would look to natural people as though he is a superhero, possessing superpowers. And so that's what I meant. I mean, it sounds crazy. You may not want, now for sure, you may not want to come back next week. <laughs> but what it's given me is it's given me a different perspective on who, what am I, what's the objective here? What am I trying to be? And can I tell you something? When we take a look at our modern day superheroes, even if we go the super good guy and the super bad guy, and we compare what we love about those people. Can I tell you something? What we love about them, perhaps individually, are all asset virtues that Jesus had. And when we look at the arch enemy, the bad, the super bad guy, he has all the components of the devil, attributes of the devil, ways of thinking of the devil. Now they both may have superpowers, but we don't like the bad guy, and we do like the good guy. And we want the good guy to win and the bad guy to lose. And what we're seeing a lot of the times as we're watching these silly little programs is that we are watching the attributes and virtues of Jesus being demonstrated in these people's superheroes. I said it to you last week, like, you know, uh, uh, what, why do we love Captain America so much? Uh, he's a good guy. But we love the fact that he fights for truth and justice and the American way. Really what that means is freedom for everybody, opportunity for everybody, he fights for that. Can I tell you that Jesus fought for that? He fought in a big way for that, died on the cross for that. So that truth could get into your heart, so that justice could be, the, could be an understood reality that no longer do we have to just decide what's good for me in this moment. I can see what is the right answer. Even if sometimes the answer, that right answer isn't good for me personally, I still see it's the right answer. Yes. And I can step into that answer, that freedom and, and under the, the, the human being, 
was created to be free, not in kind of an esoteric kind of way, but the greatness of your potential is, is released more and more when you step more and more away from fear and dread and into faith and hope and the greatness of your life is being released. Can I tell you, that's what Jesus was yes, all about. Amen. Do you know why we love Batman? You know, you know, who is the arch enemy of Captain America? Do you remember? Go like this. Hail Hydra. Remember Hydra? The, gr the green faced guy, the, uh, Dr. A Mr. Anderson from the, from the Matrix. <laughs> he was bad there too, right? Yeah. What we did, what we, see, he was all the bad. He wants to conquer the world, enslave the whole wide world, turn them into mutant beings so that they could serve the great work of Hydra. We don't like that. That's not truth, that's not justice, that's not freedom for everybody, that's the opposite, that's enslaving people. You know, so when you go somewhere, what would you rather do? Would I rather serve or be served? Be honest with yourself, I'll take a moment. You see, if we want to enslave other people to serve us, we're on the wrong side. What we love about the Captain America is that he wants to take his awesome superpower and he wants to serve people. He wants to get rid of the bad guy who is trying to oppress you, who is trying to enslave you, who is trying to take away, make you serve them even though you don't want to. He's trying to take that away. That's why we love him so much. Why do we love Batman? Do you know that we don't love Batman? Do you know who we love? We love Bruce Wayne, billionaire Bruce Wayne. Mild-mannered able to be a playboy because he's such a good-looking guy. He's able to go and have an awesome life all by his onesie, but he chooses not to. He chooses to go and build all of the super gadgets in order to make him a crime fighter and go and risk life and limb in the middle of the night fighting all the bad guys who are trying to rob you know, the purses off the little old ladies in the alley. That's why we love them. It's like Jesus. Jesus, like, he didn't even need a Visa card. He didn't have to even be a billionaire. He just had to say, bless the, the fishes and the loaves and everything, ba-boom. You know, Jesus had a staff at one point in time when he did the eat my, blood, blood, uh, uh, eat my flesh, drink my blood thing. There was hundreds of men, hundreds of them at that time, wandering around the middle of nowhere. Not like us, they didn't have Kmarts. They didn't have Walmarts back then. There was no McDonald's or Chick-fil-A on the corner. In order for these people to hang around Jesus, somebody had to feed these people. Not just 120 guys, if that's how many there were. They had wives, they had children. They had all of that stuff. All, you know, the entourage, Jesus and his entourage. Somebody had to feed all these people. Jesus was extraordinarily wealthy. Do you know the, 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 when the kings, the, the magi, you know, the kings of the east? Yeah. Jesus was just born. And these guys show up, and we have this little picture, you know, the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold is kind of like a, you know, flippy a loony. Frankincense is, you know, a little bit. <laughs> that wasn't what it was like. People don't come in those, like we could go to China. From you to get to, from the Middle East to China, it's probably like a 12, 15-hour plane ride. That would have been a half a year of travel. You don't go half a year with, to give somebody a loony. Say, here you go, buddy. They're coming with caravans full of gold and frankincense and myrrh. If you know anything about the culture of the East at that time, the astronomy issue, the, the stargazing thing, was enormous. The emperors of the East would make 
decisions based on their horoscopes and their stargazing thingies. <laughs> so the fact that there was a star appearing, that was like the whole country would have gone, gone if you, how many of you have seen uh, uh, Anne and the King? You ever seen that movie, Anne and the King? Great movie, Jordy Foster did a great job. Um, in that, they have the white elephant thing. You know, they just have this, when the white elephant, the whole country goes into a celebration because of a white elephant shows up. That's what it was like. Entire countries, hundreds of millions of people would have been going, oh, something is happening. And they sent this delegation of people, the Magi, to go and find this celestial king. They would treat a celestial king like he was Caesar himself. That's what they thought Caesar was. Caesar was a god come down to earth. That was the way all of the mythology of those kind of days explained human conditions from gods, thank you, from gods coming, you know, coming, taking, you know, all that stuff. And so when they are realizing now this is actually, Jesus was a billionaire. I know that probably shocks you, but the guy was extraordinarily wealthy when he was born. Do you know what Jewish people do with money? They make more with it. And so you could see Jesus is billionaire at birth, and now he's going to now he's 25 or 30 years old going into ministry. Can I tell you something? What they loved about Jesus was that he was extraordinarily wealthy. He could have done whatever he wanted to do with his life, and what he chose to do with that is he chose to go hunt up this guy, John the Baptist, and step through the Jordan River and go out into ministry, wandering around, helping poor people, sick people, broke people, dead people, demoniacs, helping them get their lives back. Can I tell you why he did that? He didn't want people to major on the fact that he was a superhero. He wanted them to understand that they were superheroes, that they had the power on the inside of them, that somebody had lied to them and told them how to use their superpowers for minuscule things. Even sometimes they use their superpower for evil things. When we allow this belief, what we believe, see our superpower as human beings is our ability to believe. When we believe something, the whole natural creation starts to move and align itself like some cool CGI thing in a movie. It starts to align itself with that thing that we believe. The reason that Jesus could walk on water is because he believed he could. The reason that he could do the things that he did was because he understood that he was transcendent over this natural world. He was not a slave. He was not an animal like the, like the evolutionists teach us. Jesus was a transcendent being trying to come and show other transcendent beings that all they're doing is they're living down in the mud. And that if you would just transform the belief system so that we understand, I am a superhero. I have superpowers. I have the ability to transform this world. I have the ability to to seek after truth and justice and the kingdom way. To see the message of Jesus told to people who still think they're animals. 
who still think they're gonna wake up tomorrow morning and scratch and scrape in the earth in order to make a living. Jesus wants us to be able to go to them, just like he said to his disciples, go and tell people what you've seen. Tell people what I have told you. And everything Jesus was saying was not, how great am I as my superhero, see my cool little outfits, spandex is awesome. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus gathered around him. First thing he did is he gathered around him disciples. What's the point of a disciple? A disciple is an unnecessary problem to a superhero. It's a sidekick who gets him in trouble all the time. Why did Jesus do that? He did that because he wants the disciples to understand they are also superheroes. And how do we unlock, how do we mature, how do we understand the nature of our superpower so that we begin to use that superpower with proficiency? Remember in the beginning of the X-Men series, you had all of these mutant people with superpowers and the guy with the fire in his hand, he was burning everything down. The girl with the, you know, with the touch you and you die thing, whatever that is, she kept, you know, kissing boys and they all kept dying on her because she didn't understand what the superpower was. She didn't know how to use it. And so what Jesus wants to do is he wants to train us in our ability to use our superpower. So that the devil doesn't come and say, you know what, oh, that person, I, mean, I, I hope that person dies soon. You know, I hope my neighbor goes, I hope that people in Florida, they deserve everything. We don't do those kind of things. That's using our superpower for evil. And nor do we use it for idle things. You know, God, another car, another car, another car, another car, another car, another car, another car. No, yeah, get another car if you want one, but don't make it about cars. Don't make it about motorcycles or watches or houses in Florida. Go get those things for sure. But don't make it about, that's, that's, that's like, oh, that's low level. When you're a super, when you have superpowers, you very quick, did you notice that they do that? Like you'll see Batman, he'll, they'll be in a bank robbery or something like that. And I'm thinking, Dude, Batman, grab the money, buddy. Grab the money, grab the money. He walks right by it. He don't care. It's like, that's not, I don't have time for that. You know, if, if I was, uh, if I was the, you know, the, 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 the speedy, what's that guy's name in X-Men? The guy, flat, the guy, could go in and out, you know, the cool little, I'd go rob banks. I could be in and out of there with millions in no time. They wouldn't know, even though I was there, no fingerprints, man. They don't do that. They don't do that. You know, if you're good looking and you're ripped up like Captain America, man, go pick up chicks. You'll have a great... No, he's not... It's not bothered by that stuff. That's like, like what? I don't got time for that. Because it's so low level. And what we do is we're using our superpower. And I'm not saying don't... You know, I got a beautiful chick myself, but I, I'm not saying don't do that. Once, yes, I mean, I can, uh, I've got to be clear here. But what I'm saying is, when you when you get it, when you understand, like I'm a superhero. Superheroes aren't supposed to be superheroes, so that they kind of pose for for hockey cards. They're supposed to save the world. That's their job. They're supposed to change culture. They're supposed to make people think, "Boom, man, I could be like that." Yep, yeah, you could be like that. You're a superhero. And what we have to do is you have to understand when we wake up in the morning, like, you know, if you need to get spandex or something like that, you know, get the spandex, but 
Think about yourself as a superhero. When you say something, imagine like you're the guy with the fire. You know, you'll be careful. Because what you're releasing out of your life is a superpower. You're changing the world wherever you go. Sometimes you don't even realize it. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, I'll go to the store around here. I think people pretty much know who I am in town. You know, sometimes, you know, if I'm doing my yard work or whatever, I don't look like this. And I just jump, you know, my hair will be all, you know, the way it is. I'm sweating, you know, all the bad places where you sweat and all. I'm just, and I'll go to the store and I think people look at me and I'm wondering, I wonder if they know who I am. Because you forget. Because you're just you, right? I just wake up, I'm, I'm me every day. I've got to brush my teeth every day. We're doing great things here. You're all doing great things here in Fort Erie. This is awesome around the world. You know, my faith, your faith, you know, this, this is amazing. But we wake up with just being ourselves. We just think we're just ordinary people. You're not an ordinary person. When you wake up in the morning, you got to stand there and you know, be ready, because I'm a superhero. I have a job to do. I need to go save the world. That's what God told me I had to do. There's somebody out there. There's a lady with a cat in a tree. I can help her. Maybe there's a bad guy somewhere that's going to go do a bad thing. And I'm going to stop. I would say, I love you, man. So you're awesome. I mean, you got to be careful of that in our culture. But you know, love you, man. Give him a smile. You see somebody that, you know, that's what you you have a superpower. You change that person. You know how much it takes to change the course of a person's life? A nudge. A nudge. You go back and find out, you know, when you're when you went wayward, you know, but some of us did that. We kind of wandered off the wrong path. You know what got us to wander off the wrong path? A nudge. It wasn't a just big often. Sometimes it's kind of sometimes you, but it's not that big not always huge. It can be just somebody coming and doing that. I guess one guy was beat up in the park in the schoolyard one day, and it's like it filled him with rage and hatred for his whole life. By the time I met him, he was 50 years old. A nudge in the wrong direction. Can I tell you what gets people back on the path? A nudge in the right direction. Sorry, sorry. Yes, it's my, super, it's my superpower. I don't realize how powerful I am. When we wake up in the morning, every morning, wake up like you're Superman. Wake up like you're Batman. Maybe you're Wonder Woman. Was she any good? I didn't like the movie. Was she good? Put your hand over your heart. Say, Lord, I think this guy's crazy. No, don't say that. 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 Don't use your superpower for evil. <laughs> Say, Jesus, the more I see you, the more I know. If I'd have known you in the flesh, if we'd have walked together, I would have thought that you were a superhero. I would have often had the thought that you were Superman. And Jesus, the more I know you, the more you twist the very fabric of what I understand this natural world to be. 
I know you came because you wanted to open my mind and you wanted to fill it with your perspective, with your understanding. And with an understanding of who and what I was created to be. You said that I was just like you. That if I would be in you and your words would be in me, that I would begin my journey of being a superhero just like you. And you told me to go into all the world and tell other people that they're superheroes too, that they have superpowers. And all they need to do is understand how to use those superpowers to change their world. So Holy Spirit, with all my heart, I'm done living. What's the thing called? What's Clark Kent called? It's his alter ego. Say, Jesus, I'm done living as my alter ego, the mild-mannered, Jesus's case he was just a little uh, just a, a lowly rabbi until you got close and so Holy Spirit I'm done living as a mere human I want you to teach me who I am and I want you to teach me how to use my superpowers in Jesus name so each of us have the opportunity then. The reason that I spent these two weeks with you is I wanted to help each of us, even myself, come into a new understanding of the importance of Jesus going to the cross. Jesus went to the cross as a superhero. Everybody couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe that this guy who had raised the dead and walked on water and fed 20,000 people, healed people, put lepers back together again, had done these extraordinary things, even when the Roman army, a legion of Roman army came to him and said, we're looking for this man. And he said, I am he. And the whole legion fell back like they had been hit by a hurricane. His disciples couldn't believe what they were seeing. It was shocking them. How could Jesus, who is clearly transcendent over the Roman army, clearly transcendent over the Jewish people, the, the not shouldn't say Jewish people, the, the political activist Jewish people who were trying to protect their power and were threatened by Jesus. They're thinking these people, they got nothing on Jesus. Can I tell you the reason that he laid his life down, the reason that he gave everything up for us, it was his ultimate act of superheroism. The ultimate act that would help each one of us to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Jesus wasn't here to be a superhero. Jesus was here to make you a superhero. And if that meant that he had to give up his life 
as his ultimate expression of love so that each one of us could trust him. We wouldn't just come and serve him as a religion. We were going to come in and we were going to trust him. If anybody in the whole wide world you can trust, it's Captain America. It's Captain Christ. He proved to us that he could have lived his whole life in selfish ambition, which would have meant we can't trust him. That's why we can't trust all the evil superheroes, because they're all about themselves. But we can trust Jesus. We can align our, we can step underneath the real Jesus. I don't have to think every time I hear something or read something in the Bible, I have to think, oh, is that good for me or not? You know, can I do that or can't I? Is that gonna hurt me or help me? I don't have to think about that in any dimension ever again. I think that I had to say for Tina and I, if I could just give a personal moment, I got time. You know, we were raised Catholic. And so Catholics, we obey the Lord, we obey. I don't think we understood a lot about what that meant, but when we came into our Christianity, the concept of are you going to obey or not wasn't really there. It wasn't like, oh, no, you know, not today, honey. We kind of was, it was weird. I, we didn't do that intentionally, I don't think. It wasn't like, okay, we're going to obey. We just had this idea like, okay, it's, it's going to be good. No matter what it is that God's telling us to do, it's, it's good. It may not seem good right away. It might not seem good to our natural mind. But I don't have to ever be sitting here constantly for the rest of my Christian life, living at the crossroads of whether what God is telling me to do is going to be good for me. If Captain America shows up and says, you need to move because there's some meteor being sent by the great Thorian army that's come in from another planet, you need to move. You go, okay, I'm moving. I'm not going to question Captain America, am I? If Superman tells me to duck, I'll duck. Isn't that true? That's the relationship, I think, when what God is trying to do for a people that so love him, that so desire to walk his way, that so desire to be able to be used by him in a, in a world that is going to hell in a handbasket. We just so want to be used, don't we? Isn't that why we're here? But we've got to step across that line and say, you know what, Jesus, there's no doubt that as I take communion, go ahead, do your thing, guys. As we take communion today, let this be a different kind of communion for us. Let this be a time when I'm saying, really, Jesus is Lord. He's the ultimate expression of what it means to, in its full potential of what it means to be human. And he said, that I could be one of his disciples. And all I need to do is start doing the things that he's asking me to do, fearlessly following him in his instructions. That when you're in the coffee shop, that you remember that you have superpowers, that there's somebody standing right beside you in line who's having a bad day. Dr. Evil is messing with that person. 
And it's your job as a superhero to rescue that person, to smile, hey, to give them some hope in the midst of their drudgery, to maybe pray for them and release that awesome superpower that you have, the words that you believe, to release those superpower on their behalf. Maybe you're gonna go home today and you're gonna flip on CNN and maybe all the fear is starting to come through that TV and you're going, oh, 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 oh. Don't do it. Ah, fear. What is fear to a superhero? It's like, wait a minute. Jesus stood in front of the Roman army. Jesus stood in front of the Sanhedrin. He called him out. See, when you're standing, you're watching the move, watching TV today, you release your superpower into that television set. You talk to that, what's her name? Oh, it gets bad, my mother-in-law's name is Irma, so. But anyways, uh, excuse me, Irma, if you're, you're right. Say, Irma! Where's Carl when we need him? You know, Irma! Back out into the Atlantic. Go ahead, look, you think I'm kidding? If every Christian who's got, any, got an ounce of God in them would look at that TV and say, Irma, back out into the ocean. Can I tell you, that sucker would move. People don't know they have superpowers. You do now. Maybe you got a wolf at the door tomorrow morning, you're gonna wake up and Mrs. Smith is gonna call you. Before you answer that phone, just stand there like this, put your chest out and say, I got superpowers. Say, Bill. You're paid. Come on, let me show you downstairs. I'll take you to the boxes. I got a whole room full of boxes of bills that have been paid. There's a little tiny file of ones that still have to be paid. Say, come on with me. Take, I take my file downstairs. Come on, little, little bills. You yell at me. Let me show you where all your friends are. But you don't understand. I got superpowers. You know, to, to, yeah. Come on. Say hello to your, you see, you're about to be your neighbors down in the paid file. Why? Because you got superpowers. That's not using them. You only got that little, you know, oh, you're Superman. Able to leap tall buildings with a single bound, faster than a speeding bullet. Talk to that body of yours. Just shake off that kryptonite. Somebody's got a little kryptonite in there somewhere. It's going to take that off. Stand up strong. Say, I'm a superhero. I go save the world today. You know, you gotta do that. I know you sound like, I think you're in Antioch right now, but you know what? Pretend. Yeah. You went to a Jesus of Nazareth conference, you know what he'd tell you? He'd stand up there and tell you children's stories just like I'm doing. Trying to wipe away all that smart adult and make us back into superheroes. We need capes. Who's my product? We need Victory Christian Center capes. We need a Captain Christ logo. All you women are saying, oh, please say spandex, say spandex. No, we won't say spandex. Careful what you ask for. I digress. So here. 
Jesus said, I'll show you the way. All I need you to do is open up your mind so that you can understand. What this does, making Jesus Christ the Lord of my life, literally opens the soul of a human being to see an entirely different reality. It says, if you become born again, when you come back and you say, Jesus, you are the boss. You are the, my hero. You are my, you're, you're who I want to be. I'm going to open my mind to listen to what you say, to treat it as, as extremely important in my life. It's amazing what happens in the soul of a human being. And all of a sudden, you're on the fast track to your life as a superhero. So hold the elements up inside of your, in your hand, one in each hand, and just say this with me. Say, Jesus, no doubt, if I knew you in the flesh, I would have called you a superhero. And your ultimate act of heroism was expressed towards me. It was your act that saved the world, that unhooked the stranglehold of sin and deception and evil, opening up our minds to see a world completely differently. All that happened because you went to the cross to get the, the, the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Disempower evil and deception so that I could see, so that I could become the superhero you always created me to be. So Jesus, from this moment forward, I declare, you're my Lord. You are the ultimate expression of the full potential of a human being. I will follow you in obedience to everything you say without questioning for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and receive that.